0: Today on Creed and Kirsten Get to Work, we're talking about some exciting new research on primal beliefs. Mm -hmm. Primal, that's an exciting word. I'm so excited. It's
1: a good one. I'm really psyched. I know. Welcome to Krina and Kirsten Get to Work. I'm Karina Hoyer. And I'm Kirsten Barron. And we are here to talk to you about women and work because we want ease, which is not always easy. No, but ease, the general concept. General concept mm-hmm. of ease. We want meaning, mm-hmm. which we hope is meaningful. And we want joy.
0: Oh my gosh. Isn't so that much. yummy? So joy. much joy.
1: Yummy joy. Ease, meaning, and joy for women at work, you know, it, funny, somebody actually, um, recently was talking like, Oh, Hey, I love your podcast. I listened to it. And she was sitting there with a friend and, uh, she, as, as she said, what's it called? What's it called? I know ease, meaning and joy, but what's it called? <laughs> it's called Karina and Kirsten get to work people. That's why we say I'm creative. Anyway. And, um, we are recording for, on the traditional lands of the, of the Lummi nation of Lummi nation. There you go. Welcome friend.
0: Welcome back. I'm back. It's so nice not to be in a can <laughs> with this like weird. You sound so much better when you're not calling I in. really was the like Krina's call in guest. I mean, it was bad. So listeners, thanks
1: for suffering and we have really good equipment it's not but it's really really good equipment and we have and we have stacy and we have a really good sound person Mm -hmm. but it's very interesting how we cannot nail the call in uh, um sound yeah but i'm i am i too am glad you're back because i also like to see you you were kind of gone for a long time how you feeling being back
0: I was gone for a long time. Everybody's like, were you on vacation? I'm like, no, I was working remotely. So I worked remotely while I was driving down from Washington to California. And then I worked remotely from California for two weeks. And I'm just continue to be shocked at myself that <laughs> I've been doing this for decades. Right. I've done this so many times. I've done, work, you know, traveling, working, friends, family. And I continue to be amazed that I have learning to do mm. about how to manage and balance <laughs> my life. And there's one part of me that's like, Kirsten, you're an idiot, right? That's my first I'm like How can we can't figure this out? This is very kind of, you know, I'll just say it. My Southern roots. It's an ugly way to talk to yourself. Yeah. Right? Don't yeah. be ugly, Don't to, yourself. Be do ugly, be ugly yourself. to yourself. Do not be ugly to yourself. And then the other side of me, when I kind of get my ground and take a deep breath and pull myself together, which is, wow, there's still so much to learn and do. Yeah. Right. Even after all of these years of learning and doing, and I still have more to do, which I need to, I need and want and can be excited about. What do you think?
1: Why did this vacation bring this up for you? Well, well remember, it wasn't a vacation. Okay. I'm sorry. Why did this work why from did this time,
0: work? Yeah. Um time?
1: Because I was did not
0: realistically look at the expectations of all of the commitments that I made.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm an optimist.
1: <laughs> I was just gonna say as though that should That's be a right. surprise.
0: It's like, exactly. exactly. so
1: you you left town. you left town in a car. you brought dogs and a spouse. Mm-hmm. You drove, you know significant miles. Yes. And I came
0: back hating my dogs (laughs) and being so sick of my dogs and kind of my husband, too, honestly. Oh, I can't
1: imagine. Right. I mean,
0: in a small vehicle for like five days at the end of it, I'm like, hmm.
1: Yeah. And so and then you're working from home from like a vacation um, destination spot. From Sunshine. From Sunshine. Getting out of the winter here. And you had to manage all of that plus a full time job. Yeah, that's not easy.
0: Yes, it was not easy, and like I say, good learning. And I'm anxious to do it again and do it better.
1: <laughs> okay, tell me the one takeaway. Tell me not that one. Tell me one takeaway. When you listen to this episode a year from now, and you're like, "Oh yeah, that's right. I need to remember to schedule in my own time." Oh yeah,
0: that's always with my. Th- Isn't that what I always say? I mean, how many times mm-hmm. have listeners heard that? Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. Because good reminder. It's
0: exhausting. We just, all need to do it. Yes. I need to schedule my own time. And I think if I had done that, it would have been better. I will say I discovered Pilates. Ah. Uh, let me just say, I'm sure most people out there have already tried this. I had not. It's like the best thing.
1: Uh-huh. Pilates. Were you on the Reformer? I was on the Reformer. Oh, my gosh. I've done Pilates, so but I've never been on the Reformer. Yeah. I just was like, I'm. Um, obsessed with it. I can't believe that, that that mm-hmm. was, you're such a health nut. You're such an exercise nut. And I never tried it. All right. Well, power, more power to you, sister. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you as far as vacations go and scheduling more time for yourself. I actually am planning a vacation in about a m- couple of months and I'm bringing both my kids, right? One adult child and one nearly adult child. And they want each one, one of their friends to pop, to drop into the vacation when we're Ooh, about halfway through. Interesting. And we've never vacationed with friends ever, literally ever. And they're both super psyched. And I said to them today in an honest conversation, I was like, you know, I can understand how fun it would be, but I think it's going to mean more work for me. And I don't think I want to sign up for that. So if this is going to happen, which I'm not saying necessarily it is at this point, but if it's going to happen... It has to be constructed in a way that it doesn't mean I'm cooking more, I'm shopping more, I'm cleaning up more, I'm emptying the dishwasher more, I'm, you know, driving See, you around more. See, this is the more. difference
0: between you and me. <laughs> this is the exact difference. Is it? I say, oh my gosh, that would be so fun. Yeah. Let's
1: do it. I know. And I, and go, I don't
0: <laughs> think through the shopping and the cooking and the this.
1: I'm like, well, that sounds like fun. Let's do it. Which is funny because, okay, you want to talk about a lead in today's show that was unplanned. How we see situations yes. specifically at work or when it relates to work, when I'm thinking about that vacation, is was the was the whole motivation to look into this
0: mm-hmm. research. How is it that one thing can happen? Yeah. And we see the one thing so very differently. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which I am, that I, I, that is one of those things that I'm still consistently and constantly reminded.
0: I love it. Or surprised by. I love it. Like when somebody tells me they see something differently, like, oh, I didn't see it that way. I just can feel in my body the energy where I'm like, "Oh, Wow. They didn't see it the way I did. Please tell me how you saw it. I'm so interested. Really? I just I can really feel like the excitement when somebody says I didn't I don't see it that way. Uh Uh-huh. And I think sometimes my excitement when I start asking questions, like, tell me why you see it that way. What do you think about this? What about that? I have had people have the experience of being like (laughs) cross-examined, which is not what I want, but I'm just so excited about. I think it's
1: fascinating. Yeah, because you don't say, oh, my gosh, tell me all about that. I'm so excited. You take your glasses off, you cross your arms, yes. you cross your legs, and you go, hmm,
0: hmm. Tell me about that. Tell me about that. Why is yeah. blah, blah, blah? Yeah. How about da, 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 da? Yeah, so
1: I can see how someone would be a little, a little bit scared And maybe of if that. I
0: just preface it, by say, preface it by saying, wow, I'm so excited about this. <laughs> can I ask some questions?
1: Yeah. I think when somebody sees things differently, I am curious now. But in my younger years, I was surprised. Mm -hmm. I really thought for the most part, we all could agree that certain situations looked, felt, you know, interpret the Sims the same way. And if you didn't, I thought. What is wrong with you you? (laughs) what's wrong wrong with with you you? yeah
0: there must be something wrong with you and
1: and it's funny though i i am still constantly surprised when those situations arise Mm -hmm. but i do have a lot more curiosity about it which i think is also part of today's episode that the way we see things we actually can change at work some of the things that surprise the hell out of me is really how people interpret what is being written in emails Mm -hmm or said to them in a meeting, Mm -hmm. or an offhanded comment um, by a coworker, that is the one place where I am just like, we were all in the same room together, and we all heard the same thing. How come that person is offended, and this other person didn't even register that it happened?
0: My favorite one in that constellation of situations is the person who thinks that it's all about them. Yeah like the, it, something is being said that starts to the whole group and one person is like, oh, my gosh, this is totally about me.
1: Uh-huh, yes, right?
0: yes. And this can go so far. <laughs> like I have seen people's perceptions be so off about what is happening. This, is ha- this has happened to me at least a half a dozen times where I'm talking to an employer and they might be having conversations like counseling and coaching, you know, coaching conversations with an employee. And they'll call me up and they'll be like, Yeah, I came to work this morning and all their stuff is gone. (laughs) And I'm like, did they resign? And they're like, no, they told their coworker they were fired. What? Yes, this is you would not believe the number of times this has happened. I can't believe it's happened once. I said, did they just get were they just unhappy with the counseling, slash coaching slash discipline, right. whatever it was, and walk out? and they're like, no. and and like six at least a half a dozen times people have just left their jobs because they thought they were being fired, disclosed that to a coworker, but actually weren't anywhere near being fired.
1: Oh my God. That so is ig- it's
0: like an incredibly damaging, damning, painful, and expensive miscommunication.
1: <laughs> that is that is a stark example of how somebody just misinterprets or interprets a situation differently. Mm-hmm. I had a similar story. And frankly, it was, as you know, it was the story that sort of sent me mm-hmm. on the path of why do people see things so differently? And it was, or interpret them or whatever, Um, it was a conversation I had with clients, and they are a husband and wife team who run a successful business, and they were making a decision about growth, about whether they should grow or not, and we had workshopped the idea of growing or not growing, uh, you know, for about an hour and a half, and
0: I and. So you're brainstorming options, talking about pros and cons, what is this going to take? What is that going to take? What are the outcomes? Uh What's the upside? What's the downside? I
1: really tried to be impartial. All of us kind of tried to be impartial. Like, let's explore this from a variety of angles and let's just get it all on the table and then make a decision with what we see. And at the end of this hour and a half, I kind of looked at them both. It was just them in the room with me. And I said, all right, so here are your options. You can do path A, and I kind of described what we had already said, summarized, or path B, And summarize that. It's as simple as that. We just have to choose one. And it's going to be okay no matter which one we choose, but we got to choose one. And the husband said, oh, my God, you're totally biased. I totally know you want us to choose option A. And his wife said, oh, my God, I thought she was biased, too. But I thought she wanted us to choose option B. It's crazy. And all the while, in my head, I was like, I tried to be so impartial in my presentation of their options that, and I truly don't give, I don't have no skin. I have no skin. That's what game. I was going to ask you. I'm curious.
0: Did you actually have what you thought was the preferred path? No, for No,
1: I have no preferred. You, path. So you had no investment in either no A investment. or B you were no. like,
0: I, I don't care.
1: I know A or B they're both and great. And they both thought I was biased towards, towards something what? different. And it turns out they thought I was biased towards the decision that they wanted the outcome that they wanted. Mm-hmm. Like, how in the world? How did that happen? Did that happen? And what about me? How could I have done it differently? Turns out it had nothing to do with me. Turns out. Turns out. According to emerging research, it had everything to do with what is now being called their primal world beliefs. So this is the How's most How's that for that was a that, good transition that was a too wasn't beautiful it? Beautiful transition I didn't friend. even practice that. One, that was just you just did it. it. Thank That's you That's because that. you're an
0: experienced podcaster. <laughs> I I you're a professional,
1: professional
0: podcaster. <laughs> podcaster. Um, I am I am loving this episode because this is brand new research. Yeah. It's brand new research about how we perceive, how we interact, how we experience the world. And I think what's really exciting about this research, according to Jer Clifton, who is the person that we are...
1: spearheaded it, yep. Yes, and
0: who I kind of were getting our impressions, information on this research. It's like there's so much more coming in the next three years or so. Yes, yes. But this is really exciting, our primal beliefs and how those shape the world. So I have always believed that, My beliefs about the world were informed by my experiences. Mm -hmm. And this research, in a very surprising way, turns that on its head. Yeah. And the conclusion is that we adopt primal beliefs about the world that are actually not based on our experiences
1: or yeah our history how Mm -hmm. we were raised Mm -hmm. our family of origin yeah and those primal beliefs are like lenses that you put on to interpret situations Mm -hmm. and do you want to talk a little bit about this research before we dig into the what which what the primal beliefs are and et cetera?
0: Yes. But I think you should talk about because at one point in our prep session, you said to me, this is really serious research. We really need to make sure people understand this is so many people and so many things in yeah. so many years. So lay it on us, Krina.
1: Well, OK, I'm going to liken this to my a conversation I had with my dad where he said to me recently, it's not like I don't understand genetics, but when I was in school and we were studying biology, they hadn't identified the genome yet. Mm-hmm. We didn't know about the double mm-hmm. helix and the chromosomes or whatever, right? And I kind of feel like this is akin to that in the, in, in the world of psychology. That for a very, very long time- That's a very good analogy. Thank you. That for a very long time, psychologists and social psychologists and sociologists, et cetera, have believed a certain set of things that happened to us in our past shape how we experience the world. And I think there's a lot of truth still to that. You brought up ACEs, right? Adverse childhood experiences mm-hmm. and how truly those shape kind of they, they posit how you are positioned in the world- and a variety of other things that happen in your life. And we're not, I don't think we're talking about traumatic events. I just, sir, that's how I feel
0: about it, too. I think this research is so new. It is not, I mean, it's, it hasn't really been fully developed yet. Yeah. And I do feel, this is my personal perspective, who knows if it will be right or not. But I do feel like Those adverse childhood experiences, big traumatic events that create PTSD and other like physiological impacts on us. Yes. I want to put those aside for this conversation. Me too. And just say we don't know enough yet to comment on those.
1: Yeah. So, again, back to that analogy though, that I just said, this is interesting and emerging and has the potential to change the way we think about psychology. And the researchers, I think, understood the weight of what they were taking on. And so they took great pains to make this as comprehensive as possible and to open up the door to further research, which as you already said, is coming. They alluded, Mm -hmm. they allude to the fact that a tidal wave of new research is is on its way, and this will get more and more clear for us. But the research that we will cite throughout this episode was conducted over a five-year period. It involved 70 researchers, including some of the world's best. Um, like Dr. Martin Seligman and Dr. Crystal Park, who I'm not familiar with, although I think we've referenced Seligman we before. We have
0: referenced Selig- yep, Seligman, yep, Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and they mined so many data sources. They looked at everything from historical texts to uh, social media postings. They interviewed people. They conducted research. This was an, an, an extensive, is a... Um, light word, when they were trying to identify what are those primal world beliefs that people have held in the past and do hold. And how do they, and how they influence our perceptions. And and where do they come from? Mm -hmm. And is there any consistency between an experience you've had in your life or a background or your, or your background and how you currently see the world? Mm -hmm. And this is how they've, you know, come out identifying a whole host of primal world beliefs and this conclusion that no your experience in the world does not shape them what
0: does it f- we don't know but it's certainly not but it's not it's not your experience and to go back to what you said i think what really illustrates that is that you would think that people who live in a wealthier neighborhood who would have more money and more things would experience the world in a more as more abundant yeah it's not the case yeah people in the wealthy zip codes do not experience the world as a more abundant place than people in the poor zip codes. Yeah. Same is true for safety. Yeah. People in the more safe zip codes do not experience the world, do not report that they experience the world as safer than people who live in more dangerous area zip codes. Yeah. So that's the thing that blew my mind. Yes. I'm like, wait a minute, but they're experiencing all this safety. They're experiencing all this abundance. It is not translating into their world beliefs. So let's dip into those world beliefs. yeah, so it the the overarching belief is, is it a good world or not?
1: Yeah, so everything that you believe in and they have this quiz, they have a variety of quizzes. I took the robust like 96 question quiz and it identifies a whole like 26 different world beliefs primal beliefs or primals, they call them. And they all roll up to whether or not you see the world as good or bad.
0: And there's kind of three major components of, of all of those questions. Yep. And the first one is whether or not you see the world as a safe place. Yep. Safe
1: versus dangerous. Safe versus dangerous. Um, which we'll talk about in detail, but do you want to, should we also say the other two are whether Mm -hmm. you see the world as enticing or dull. Yep.
0: Is the world beautiful and interesting, engaging? Is it boring and uninteresting and unengaging to you? Yeah.
1: And the third is whether or not you see the world as alive or mechanistic. And that one is a little bit harder mm-hmm. one for me to get my head around. Um, and in fact, they even said alive versus mechanistic is has the least influence on whether or not you see the world as good or bad. But... Um, We will talk in detail about all three of these, um, as well as the roll-up, the good versus bad one.
0: I have some thoughts about the alive versus mechanistic, Mm. and I'll wait till we get there. But I will say, just to um, wet the interest, I think there's a lot about faith in this one. Yeah, there is. This is the one that I think is kind of rich in faith and spirituality. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: So I'm wondering we could go about this either too. we we could start with good or versus bad or we could start with the three subcomponents and then roll it all up. What do you what's your preference? And I love to start with the three subcomponents I frankly. do too. Let's I think do we it. should start with safe versus dangerous. Mm-hmm. Incidentally, Kirsten and I did take this quiz and um I tur- turns out I see the world as safe and I read mine and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm in the top, like 5% of of safety, 95% of the, of the U S sees the world as less safe than I do. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Then here comes Kirsten beat me out, blew me out of water. Got a perfect score on this one.
0: <laughs> I will say <laughs> I got a perfect score You're and the winner. let's go back to optimism. Right. right. I mean, let's just go back to that. Yeah. yeah.
1: So people who, so, and it's interesting too. And I don't know
0: I did take the shorter quiz. Maybe if I had taken the longer quiz, there's three quizzes and I took the medium. You took the long one. I took
1: the long Mm -hmm. one. Because I wasn't on vacation trying to juggle a whole bunch of other things, including a full-time job. Mm -hmm. So I had a little bit more time. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it's interesting too. some of the language. And I want to do, I obviously want to talk about safe versus dangerous, but there's a value judgment on some of this in their language and in their writing. That is an interesting reflection. Tell me more about that. Well, even seeing things like, do you see the world versus it, in, as enticing versus dull? Oh yes. Like dull implies there's no, there's not shine in that turd. If you see it as dull, yeah, you're kind of lame. Well, I think really all of these is about positive
0: versus negative. Yes, right. Yes, and there are people who are happier when they're in fear. They're maybe not happier, more comfortable in fear. Yes. Right. Yes. So I think that that's I think all I agree with you completely. All of these terms are rife with judgment. Yeah,
1: they are, except maybe alive versus mechanistic. Oh, I think that one has judgment, too. OK, but yeah. it, and 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 it turns out how you see the world of how where you fall on the kind of good versus bad scale does have impact. does impact some outcomes in your life mm-hmm. that you might also see as good or bad. But anyway, it was sort of rife with judgment. OK, but back to safe versus dangerous. I'm going to just, since you, since you're the winner, since Since you see the world as the
0: most safe. Since I see that the world is a, as a relatively a pretty safe place. Yeah. Yeah. So you found, Krina this wonderful podcast from Hidden Brain. Yeah. Um, And... They, he, uh, Shankar Vedantam, Vedantam interviewed Jer Clifton, who was the leader of this research, along with the others that you mentioned and the 70 other people or whatever, and interviewed him Mm -hmm. about his research. And he tells this very interesting story uh, to illustrate what is meant by the safe versus dangerous. So Jer's mom, he, he says, admittedly, I live in pretty sketchy neighborhoods. Yeah, And when my mom comes to visit me, she's always talking about how dangerous my neighborhood is and I get so offended that she's talking about how dangerous my neighborhood is and it's so upsetting to me because she's lived all over the world, she travels, she's she's extroverted and when he created this primal belief test, he sent it to his mom and it came back with this conclusion that she does not see the world as a safe place. And what he realized was that when she that when people do not have enough information, they substitute a primal belief. Mm. So his mom does not see the world as safe until she gets a lot more information. So these are not static things that happen to us. Yeah. Right. It's not like I, you know, um, skip around the world thinking that nobody's going to hurt me or nothing bad is going to happen to me. Yeah. I think I'm very careful in the world, right? I'm very careful that when I go out in the dark, I know where I am and I have my keys and I, you know, all the things, right? Right. But whether or not you see the world as a safe place or not, subtly nudges you all the time Yeah. and fills in the gaps when you don't have information. Yeah. You default to this primal belief.
1: So Jer's mom... Has that primal belief that the world is dangerous, mm-hmm. she, despite the fact that she's lived in dangerous places relatively unscathed. And she would come and visit him and make all of these comments about it's a sketchy neighborhood. Are you sure it's okay? It's sure it's okay. And he finally filled in for her. The information, Mm -hmm. so that she would start to feel safe when he she came to visit. Yes, as she got more information
0: about the neighborhood and exactly where it was safe and where it wasn't and what that really meant, she then got comfortable. Yeah. So what I love about this primal belief thing is that there's nothing static. Yeah. Right. It's not static. Yeah. I just that I find that so super hopeful.
1: Yeah. It's a it's in some cases just your gut response and can change with Mm -hmm. data. It's also maybe. A consistent thing that you've you, you've experienced, but you can change conscientiously over time um, to to even change your um, default mode. Mm-hmm. But when you see the world, if you're low on safe, obviously you believe the world is dangerous. It's not that you feel more scared or threatened in response to dangers. You're just of the honest opinion that there's just a lot more danger out there that impacts us. Right. Uh, Jer says in the website, in his website, the primals project, I think is what it's called. People who are low on the, or yeah, low on the safe belief. Just think alertness is the is responsible and Mm -hmm. relaxing is Mm -hmm. a bad Mm -hmm. idea. And we're on the other side, people who are high on safety, just see threats as few and far between and people who have, like kind of constantly are constantly vigilant. We see them as kind of neurotic and like, God, take a chill pill. Everyone needs to calm down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And of course this, like
0: we talk about this all the time on the podcast. I think there's like a section in every, every episode about it, but you know, how you see these things really does affect your health and your
1: well being
0: And, Mm -hmm. um,
1: Yeah. Yeah. And they say the safe, a safe world belief is very, very strongly uh, correlated to kind of lower depression Mm -hmm. and higher agreeableness and a couple of other things. They also say, and this is what you already said a minute ago, men and women on average see the world as equally safe and safe correlates surprisingly little to past experiences of danger. Now that is so weird. That's the zip code thing. That's, that's zip code how thing. much
0: crime there is in the yeah. zip code and yeah. how it is not related people's belief about safety is actually not related to their experiences and what's happening in the world directly around them. Which is so, which is so weird. Right, that that
1: is the weirdest thing. Barry is the I told you this before. Barry's the hall monitor of the world. He wants to make sure Absolutely. you've checked your oil. Don't slip. We, you know, look both ways, drive slowly. Are your your seatbelts on? He is caution. Do we have enough food for the camping trip? Exactly. He is just caution personified. And I've always believed that was because he somehow had an unsafe experience that wired his brain this way. And the the that was the most surprising that was one of the most surprising things for me when i read this was like safety specifically and frankly most mm-hmm. of these if not all are not because of his background so what is it the other thing i thought that was interesting about this was his behavior as making sure we're all safe mm-hmm. doesn't even imply doesn't necessarily even imply that he thinks the world is dangerous it could be because of some other primal mm-hmm. belief like he believes that he needs to be caretaking everyone. It was really fascinating to me. And how, how- this
0: is where i my brain is just turned upside down, yeah. right. And the uncertainty of this and the uncertainty of our perceptions and how they're formed, right? And what influences them, yeah. is, I mean, like I can I feel that disruption with what is really going on. I am not sure that we as humans fully understand why we have the beliefs and
1: opinions and reactions that we do. Right. But it's so important for you personally, as we've said many times, to understand what your primals are or what your lens is so that you can see and maybe even challenge your reactivity reactivity. and back to work,
0: your perceptions. Like I wonder even whether this will, and I'm, I'm super hopeful about this as this research develops, help us work on our great political divide. Yes. Like we just see things so differently on the right and the left. And I'm just like, maybe this research will help us understand why that is. Okay. Can
1: we move on from safety? But I want to say one final thing just to bring it to work, whether or not, Your primal belief, whether where where you Mm. fall on safe versus dangerous means that email that just got sent is a threat
0: or hilarious. Yep. Or that counseling session is really just supportive and
1: and helpful or it or you you're going to walk off the job. That's right. Or every time you make a mistake, you're going to get fired. Mm -hmm. Or every time you make a mistake, you get to learn more. Mm -hmm. It's really Flippin' interesting. Okay, enticing versus dull. Again, I scored really high on this. I think you scored higher. Mm-hmm.
0: I, mean, I don't. I can't remember if I scored higher. I didn't. Check I'm pretty that. sure you did.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure you beat me out on all of these. But I again was in one of these. Maybe you know, I should take the ninety-nine in the day, one. Maybe yeah. we're gonna have to compare yeah. those. Um, enticing versus dull. So is the world a beautiful place?
0: Is it interesting? Is it fascinating? Does it feel like you're on a treasure hunt? Like that you get to meet and know and love people um, that you can take risks and just, just really, I mean, to me, there's a lot of that abundance mentality yeah. in exciting versus dull.
1: Yeah. yeah. That every, they write every person under every rock There is treasure to be found. Mm -hmm. This is the gratitude,
0: the happiness, Mm -hmm. the curiosity. Mm -hmm. That's right. I mean, it just is. This is just like makes my heart all warm. Like, or do you see the world is not very interesting, Mm -hmm. not very engaging? I'm kind of bored. Yeah. I don't see anything that really captures my attention. Yeah. I don't see anything that sparks joy or um, recognition of beauty. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's just depressing.
1: Which feels a lot like languishing. So just mm-hmm. as a big light bulb moment, it's like, yeah, if you feel yourself kind of into, you're getting, you're tipping into that languishing, Meh, it's as good as it gets. You're probably going to rank pretty low on this mm-hmm. enticing thing. Mm-hmm. And it's strongly, like you said, correlated to curiosity and gratitude and happiness and not
0: correlated to wealth or privilege. There is one wonderful story in that um, Hidden Brain podcast. And it's the story of a woman who was in Auschwitz and her entire family was killed. And she's a teenager. She's the only one left. It's shortly before um, the end of the war when everybody was freed by the Americans, but she's sick and she goes to the infirmary in Auschwitz and she's lying on a cot. And next to her is another teenage girl also lying on a cot. And the girl reaches her hand over and grabs her hand and they hold hands in the infirmary while they're sick in Auschwitz, mm. right? I mean, and she thinks to herself, I realized then how beautiful the world was and how full of joy and beauty and love. And even Auschwitz cannot cannot stamp that down. It cannot get rid of that, Right. And that is exactly what we mean by this right That's yeah. exactly what they mean by dull versus enticing like does it have the ability to capture you and engage you like that experience yeah. was
1: like despite what you're currently experiencing she
0: is she just is in Auschwitz and had this amazing feeling of love and abundance and just the beauty of the world right yeah, yeah. now okay. I didn't score that
1: high. Just to be clear. <laughs> she was off the charts. She was
0: amazing. Right? Yeah. So yeah. so that's that's my example from the podcast on from the Hidden Brain podcast on that one.
1: The, I love that and I I just love it. I love listening to you get um. I wouldn't say revved up, but I don't know what the right word is. Yeah, just I'm, just like so, really in- just I'm so engaged by it. So engaged by your story. I am so and engaged by that. Yeah.
0: Just that experience and just that, um, that's just like, to me, this is amazing beauty of humans and our ability and our resilience yeah. and our ability to see beauty, yeah. to see love, and despite these circumstances. Yeah. yeah. And you're just right in there. I
1: am. I'm right in there. The listeners like, are just cow. like, and we know it. Gosh, <laughs> she is awesome. You know, and this is also for me very interesting because when they talk about enticing versus dull, I feel like an adventure. I I am ripe for adventure. I just mm. want to, mm-hmm. Around every corner. It's what I crave. Adventure has been my word of the year for as long as I can remember. It got me through COVID. It's your motto. Adventure's your motto. Thank you. And yet, I didn't transfer that same quest for interaction to people. That same oh, quest yeah, to people. Yeah. Until just recently, mm. probably in the last couple of years. COVID probably had a, a a hand in shifting. And I would not have I don't think I would have scored this high on enticing. Um yeah, back when I was sort of I just didn't have a lot of tolerance or patience or interest in in cultivating meaningful or in having conversations or getting to know people or getting more people in my life mm-hmm. until recently which I think is a great illustration of what they say time and time again you can change these
0: yes that's the wonderful thing about this that I just blows my mind a lot of this is about deciding yes and we'll we'll get to more of that but a lot of this is about deciding. What you're gonna do?
1: Yeah, right. You're not predisposed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, would, and I did it. I decided I wanted more friends. I decided I wanted more you meaningful, wanted relationships. deeper relationships, meaningful, authentic, yeah. rich. Yes, yeah. And that has created, and that's built on itself. And now I have a, a much higher score. I see the world mm-hmm. as more enticing. Um, yeah. Okay. There you go. Alive and mechanistic.
0: Okay. I know this is a hard one. I get that. So
1: the concept is which I did also score pretty high on did. alive. Mm-hmm. More than average, but not as high on the other two. Sorry.
0: No, it's interesting. It's super interesting. But so this this is the question of whether you see the world as just a machine. It's automatic. And you don't really have the ability to interact with it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, shit just happens, right? Um,
1: Pre- things are predisposed, yes, predestined.
0: Predestined. Um, there's really not a lot you can do to change it. Yeah. Because whether you have no agency, whether the world is out to is not, is is just negative. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Versus whether or not the world is alive, whether it is a place that you can't interact with, and and change and shape, whether the world send whether 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 the world sends you messages, mm-hmm. like this is where faith comes in if you're a person of spirituality, right? Does nature send you messages? Does God speak to you? Do you get feelings of stuff that arise from the energy of the universe? Mm -hmm. I mean, so there's, I feel like in some ways, this big spiritual element to this primal belief. But at the, you know, at the end of the day, for me, it's about a world in which you can have agency and a world in which you cannot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's how I really simplified in my own
1: tiny brain. Yeah. I I like that because they say, you know, the three sort of subcategories under alive is intentional versus unintentional, needs me, doesn't need me, mm-hmm. and interactive versus indifferent. I'm thinking, I don't know if the world needs me. Maybe my community might. Which is your world. My family might. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Or intentional versus unintentional.
0: I don't, I don't know why, how. By the way, I don't know how anybody could think for a minute that the world did not need them, because the world needs so much. Like there are so many trees yeah. to save, there are so many orcas to save, there are so many, you know, people to connect to feed. with. There's relations so, there's, to build. Right. right, there's so much work to do in right. the world.
1: But some people do.
0: Yeah, so, clearly,
1: clearly, some people do. Some people score pretty high, on but that also so and again. Some people do. A lot of people do. And understanding whether you do or not and asking yourself whether you want to or not Mm -hmm. are two things that the researchers Mm -hmm. suggest because, again, they can be changed. And where you fall on those three subcategories, alive versus mechanistic, enticing versus dull, who wants to be dull, not me. Nobody wants to be dull. Or safe versus dangerous (laughs) really influence whether or not you see the world as good or bad, mm-hmm. and turns out the higher scores, the higher you score on whether you see the world as good, the better sort of outcomes you have. There is an, also a conclusion that this research team has come to, that is, the 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 gooder you see the world, <laughs> the gooder your mm-hmm. your life, and and that balance isn't really what they suggest we're shooting for. In fact, one of the like kind of Q and A's that I read was like, wouldn't don't you kind of want a little bit of like, see a little bit of danger and not, you know, see a little bit of, you know, real. Let's be realistic here. Isn't moderation kind of what we should be shooting for so that our lenses aren't rose colored glasses constantly? And they say, "Eh, no, that's fascinating. Yeah. They say, turns out that you really want like shooting for that to being in that top 10 percent of good, seeing the world as good is really where it's
0: at, sister. That is fascinating. So really having a balanced view on safety doesn't necessarily make you safer. Right. Because it's not related to experiences. Yeah. Or to necessarily happy, quote, unquote, happier, better life, whatever yes. you want to say, good life. Yes. And okay, I will, I just continue, my brain is just, it is so akimbo in there. Like I can feel it in my <laughs> skull just... Turning. It's turning and shifting and trying to align itself and like where is up and down? What's Where's the gravity? Where's north, you know? Yeah. Because this really does put so much of what we have heard traditionally and been taught on its head. Yes. Okay. We have these beliefs they're not really informed by our
1: experiences. Their choices in some ways. Where do they come from? We don't know. We don't know. Researchers don't know either. Hopefully they'll tell us soon. We need the information but ASAP. But we don't
0: know now. Okay, so before new research comes out, which we are going to be looking for, listeners, Jer. and let you know ASAP, because this is good stuff. Clifton needs to, we need to get an email for need, that guy. We need a direct line <laughs> to Dr. Clifton. Um, okay. So in the meantime, what do we do about it?
1: Well, yeah. Can I read though? I just want to read something straight off their website about this. What about balance, right? Surely moderate, having moderate, pro, moderately positive this primals. This makes me so happy.
0: I, this is Kate. Okay, sometimes listeners, <laughs> friends, when we're doing these episodes, Karina comes bombing in with something we have not talked about before. <laughs> and I just get so ex- <laughs> Wow. This is really good. Where did this come from? So you go sister. Okay. I'm just
1: going to read it again. Many. Re- so, um, This study involved hundreds of tests comparing those who see the world as slightly good versus very good, right? So the mediocre versus Mm -hmm. really – and those who see the world as only slightly good always had, on average, worst outcomes, So they said, and then they say, remember, primals are beliefs about general character, not beliefs about what things are always like. So people who see the world as very good are not stumbling through life in a positive, carefree haze, Kirsten. Theoretically, primal should rarely determine behavior at any given moment, but nudge attitudes just a little bit across all moments, which can add up. And that's exactly what you said at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so they're saying if you have these over-the-top high, high, high scores on a good seeing the world as good, it's it just means that every day in your interactions with people, when you're in the meeting, when you're doing customer service, when you're, you know cleaning out the room at the hospital when you're doing surgery you're seeing things you're just getting just positive nudges Mm -hmm. all the time it doesn't that sound lovely too a positive
0: nudge just a pat on the back just like you know when you ride bikes and somebody has their hand on your back yeah i love that yes right just give you like a little nudge just a little push
1: that's what it is yeah and it turns out if you can ratchet up Whether or not you see the world as good or bad, you can also ratchet up all of the mental and physical benefits, Mm -hmm. including every single thing we've ever listed on this on this show:
0: health, jobs, mental wellness, well-being, all the things. (laughs) Waistline.
1: Didn't we? Wasn't there? There is like positive. Yes, it, 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 your, yeah, your physical health. Oh, your physical health. Yeah, for sure. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. So, first step, myprimals.com, myprimals.com. Yeah. Is where you take the test. Yep. You can do the long crina test, you can do the medium Kirsten test, or you can do the short test. Yep. And then get an understanding of how you
1: look at the world. Yeah. I was surprised by how positively I view the world. So they recommend the more robust test because, because Mm -hmm. it shows you your scores on all of the subcategories, Yeah, which is helpful. And so researchers say like, if you want to up your positive, let's say you want to up your enticing versus dull, look where you're scoring, scoring the lowest in the subcategories and do some work to ratchet that one up. Right. So that's why they're saying, like, take the get to know yourself and your primals at to to the degree that we, to which you can like at this much more. I'm rambling at this point. No, no, point. but
0: that is we, uh, that is another big, I think, theme of ease, meaning, and joy at work, which is a knowing yourself yeah. and discovering yourself. And this is another aspect yep. of discovering yourself. Yep, Being self-aware, knowing who you are so that you can figure out why you're reacting away in the world, how maybe to react differently, how to experience it differently. And this is super promising new research on how to experience the world differently. Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah, so, and that's truly, I mean, yeah, so the, do read yours, figure out what they are, do the test, figure out what they, what yours are. Dig in, get the, get mm-hmm. your Jane Goodall vest, as Kirsten likes to say, are and paleontology yourself to death. Paleontology. Exactly. She's not a paleontologist. Don't paleontologists do. Aren't bones? they dinosaurs? Dinosaurs. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Primatologist.
0: Primatologist. That's fine. <laughs> so, so after you do that and then you, you get that knowledge, um, Reflect on your life and whether your primals are working for you or not. Yeah. And as we said like three times now, nobody knows why, how you form your primals. But what they have concluded is that it appears that you are free to believe the primals you want. Mm -hmm. Now, this blows my mind. You are free to believe what you want back to the Holocaust. You're not hardwired. Right. Back to the Holocaust survivor. You're free to believe what you want. Hmm. Right. So we're not locked in. Mm -hmm. We are not locked in. Nope. I love that. We are not locked in.
1: Okay. And then if you, you know, become self-aware and you're, because we're about work, I'm just going to bring it back there. And you're, at work and you're experiencing if you're starting to feel yourself trend negative or whatever I don't know even know I don't even have to go to the negative but understand what they are and learn how to redirect figure out how you can change because Mm -hmm. like Kirsten said you can Figure out if you want to, figure out how you can and spend the time and energy to do it.
0: So they, he, there's a beautiful example that Jar also gives in the podcast where he says he was really working on in, increasing his experience of be, that the world is beautiful. And so he and his wife had this agreement where they would point out beautiful things. And he even talks about taking a leaf from an oak tree and looking at the greenness of the leaf. And the veins in the leaf and the spore, all the stuff in the leaf, and then taking another leaf and looking at that and then just seeing how beautiful and interesting and complicated. And then looking at the oak tree, which has an average of 250,000 leaves per adult tree and looking, oh my gosh, there's so much beauty. So actually exercising Mm -hmm. your experience of beauty or your whatever that happens to be, right? Um, So for me, when I have safety issues, I talk, I think to myself about, I go through all the safety. This is really safe. This is this. This is going to be okay. I've done this before. And how can I do this to be safe? And then I end up concluding that the world is safe. Mm -hmm. Right? So I just think those exercises in your brain, that intention to bring to a situation is important. There is an interesting study, actually. That sometimes people who see the world as less safe yeah. can actually respond in a way that is too much or too aggressive. There's a study about police officers, and if they view the world as as unsafe, it's that has been correlated to kind of an overreaction in their responses to things. Yeah. So, you think that being seeing the world as dangerous would make you a better cop? not necessarily true because your reaction is driven by a belief that may or may not in the moment be true yeah
1: yeah and i think that again you can extrapolate that out to all of these beliefs Mm -hmm. i think the other thing i would love to encourage our listeners to do is um go to jair's website not only take the test they give you a customized report about what your primals are and they give you ideas about which, like how to change each of them and then, and give it time because as someone who has shifted some of these things for myself unknowingly, mm-hmm. it takes a while. Well, I think you knowingly
0: change them. I don't think you understood it in Correct. the context Correct. of this
1: research, but they were, you were
0: definitely intentional. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. And so the, it does take that intentional and for me, Me, I would say it took a. It takes a while, and these, my results on this test confirm that I've done the work, Mm -hmm. but it didn't come right away. And 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 I, but I think that for me at least, I know it's worth it. I love that I can interpret situations. I I love that my I want to assume the best intent in most cases. I love that I feel uh, uh, that the world is enticing. I love adventure. That I want to adventure and say yes more than no. It feels good. It feels really good. And so do the work and take the time and notice how you feel if it changes. Yeah. And I just I just find this
0: new line of research so incredibly hopeful. Yeah. About our own ability in our own lives to have agency and to make choices about the beliefs that we choose to 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 carry to hold to use to be attached to mm-hmm. and it is also there's it's also pretty uncertain right there's some like wow a lot of the things that we knew and thought may not be true yeah um and the the one issue that key one word that keeps coming back to me over and over again as we're prepping for this i was reading about it thinking about it and even as we're here right this moment is curiosity yeah Like I just think to myself, Kirsten, you seem to dig super deep in being curious about this and open because this – I think this might be the most exciting new research we've come across.
1: I think so too. And so
0: I want to thank you, Karina, for finding it.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I it's want to thank, so thank my great. client for blowing my mind that day. We exactly. were weighing options. Uh, shout out to them. Thank you for doing it, for, for the show, and for Jared Clifton for uh, doing the research. Yeah, and exciting. And we'll be back in two weeks, folks. Thanks for joining the conversation. Take care. Okay. Thanks for working. Bye. Karina and Kirsten Get to Work is recorded and produced by yours truly, Karina Hoyer. And
0: Kirsten Barron.
1: Find all of our episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on our website, or email us at yougettowork at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.